Local voices, local conversations. NapaBroadcasting.com Thanks for joining us here at NapaBroadcasting.com. The late and always irascible William F. Buckley Jr. once said that he would rather entrust the government of the United States to the first 400 people listed in the Boston telephone directory than to most of the members of the Senate and the House. It feels like that could be the case right here in Napa. In our upcoming city council election, a 12-year council incumbent and one-time council member are being challenged by several newcomers without a whole lot of traditional experience, without the usual stints on the planning commission or in any elective office for that matter. Is this a bad thing given the complexity of local and regional issues we have today? Or was Bill Buckley right that it doesn't matter? We're going to let you judge that as we spend some time with all of the candidates for Napa City Council. I hope what we get from them is beyond the canned bios and practice bromides, but that you'll really get a sense of the heart and soul of who they are and what they might actually do if entrusted by voters with affecting public policy here in our city. We're joined right now by candidate Liz Alessio, who reminds us repeatedly that she's a fourth-generation Napan. She's attended elementary school, middle school, high school, and Napa Valley College. She has devoted a great deal of her career to public health and public service, and it is my pleasure to welcome her here to Napa Broadcasting. Liz, thanks so much for coming in. Well, thank you. Well, it's great to have you here. First of all, I I have given you uh, a hard time uh, about claiming this fourth generation, Napa, and I don't question that it's true. I mean, it's absolutely true. Why does it matter? You know, family matters to me. That's why. And family history and history and the history of this this community, um, I just think it's very relevant. I'm honored to be able to be fortunate enough to be from this uh, this community for so long with my great-great-grandparents arriving in the mid-1870s. And my great-great-grandfather, you know, being a business owner, a stonemason, um, and being county supervisor from 1901 to 1904, I cherish that. Uh, just as I cherish each generation and into my granddaughter's um, generation, who's now the sixth, I'm going to say, and she just had her second birthday yesterday. So I just, I think that's why. I think it's just, you know, community, family, uh, this valley, I, I'm just, you know, I just love it all. Well, that's certainly valuable mm-hmm. in the voters understanding who you are and what you care about. Mm-hmm. And I think in that regard, it's important. Does it have any relevance to the job that you can do as a member of the city council? I think having a real historical perspective does add to the knowledge and wisdom of where Napa's been um, in the good times and in the hard times. And, you know, in terms of making decisions today and decisions that we need to make that are going to impact decades and decades to come, especially as we're approaching the 20-year general plan. So I think it's very relevant. Um, I'm on the Napa County Historical Society. So, um, you know, with Don Winters and Scott Sedgley and Brad Wagon Connect, Nancy Levenberg is the executive director, um, and many others. And I think that that, again, is looking how Napa was developed, looking at where it came from. And as we're approaching these really big decisions in these crossroads now, I think it's very, very important. Is there a danger in that of being too wedded to the past, of looking back too much? You know, there's an old saying in the military that too many generals fight the current war based on their experience in the last war. And that's gotten us into a lot of trouble as a country over and over again. Is there a problem in looking at today's problems really from the other side of the binoculars? I think it's important that we look at it from all sides, that we need to have that historical wisdom. And we also need to 
um, use it as a as a launching pad as we're looking at present today and into the needs of our future. So I think it's all very important. Talk a little bit about why you're running, and given the fact that the two of the candidates, one has served on the city council, the other is a 12-year incumbent, yeah. what are you going to bring to it that's different than the experience that they bring to it? What's different? Well, I think what's really um, significant and different about my own experience is that for the last 10 years, I've worked in community health, population health, and this is something that's really being um, rolled into other uh, city plans and policies as we look at, you know, how do we take care of our community? How do we create a healthy community? Looking at that, what they're called social determinants of health, housing, open space, parks, education. How do we um, prevent poverty? Um, how do we zone? Why do we need to zone areas for housing that's for mixed income housing? And how that connects to one's health, to the mortality of a neighborhood versus another neighborhood, which we have in Napa. And really putting planning and policies in place to preserve the health and really strengthen this community, both in the health, safety, and the complete, and having a, a whole complete community, which is being disenfranchised. And how do you see those ideas? And they're certainly good ones, they're noble ones, how do you see them relating to the actual implementation of public policy as it relates to things like housing and streets and sidewalks and all the other things that, that a city council is responsible for? Well, with my, you know, um, I look at things from two perspectives. I look at the individual story. I like to look at the, the dignity of a person, of the family. I look at the neighborhood on a very, you know, on a very individual level. And then I look at it at the, the macro level. And I look at the data and I look how that and the trends, what's happening. And I think that's really important to roll that up, to use that perspective as we're addressing housing. Housing, as we know, is our number one need. It's uh, true for Napa. It's true for all of California. Um, I can only really look at Napa. Um, being from here, um, you know, I, I've seen the changes. And, um, you know, this is, this is a time and the reason I'm stepping up now is twofold. One, um, I was challenged by the Women's March in 2017 um, for me to step off the sidelines politically and step on the front lines. I've always been very kind of quiet about my own personal views because of my non nonprofit work and community work. Um, so I was called to action personally. Um, then when I approached a dear friend, Joelle Gallagher, and I said, Joelle, have you ever thought running for office? Because I was looking for a candidate to, to, to support. And she switched the question onto me. And I got my hand caught in the cookie jar and uh, was kind of shocked, actually, caught off guard. But the idea and her challenge didn't leave my mind. And that's when I went to Ed Henderson, dear Ed, who I saw today. He says hello, by the way, Ed and Marie. And I said, Ed, what do you think? And, I, and he's like, I think that you would do a great job. So it's been sort of this evolution. And it didn't stop there, mind you. I talked to a council member. I talked to our current mayor. I talked to people for four to six weeks. And I know I don't come with a political background. I don't feel like I'm a politician. I feel like I'm a girl from Napa that's rooted in this community, that's passionate about the well-being of everybody in this community, and wanting to bring population health to the forefront as part of the decision, as part of the planning. It's not, it's just one more lens and one more layer that we can use to really benefit, I think, this community abroad and each each family. 
You, you mentioned population health. What does that mean? Population health is looking at the most vulnerable and at risk in our community. It's looking at the poverty. We have neighborhoods in Napa within five, five miles apart with a 10-year mortality gap, meaning if you live here, and this is a, I would say this is probably a low to low middle income, and five miles away is probably middle to upper middle income. There's a 10-year mortality gap. What can we do to create more social equity in this other neighborhood, in this other area? Maybe it's maybe it's parks, maybe it's programs, maybe it's social services. Uh, maybe it's creating um, you know policies for housing that's more affordable. Um, and the planning as we look at the 20-year general plan and you know that's the other reason why I'm doing this now is because we have this opportunity and this need to really look at the next 20-year general plan that's going to be significant for as we as we know for many generations to come. How does any of that or a lot of that relate to the job of being on the city council? Certainly the points you make about social services are certainly things that we can look at, Mm -hmm. but those are areas that really generally fall into the jurisdiction of the county. And that's something I like to change. You know, um, we really want our county and our city to be working together. We need to work. We need to work as a region. Uh, we need to l- work with every mayor, every council up and down this valley, American Canyon, Yountville, all the way up to Calistoga. It's important that we have these discussions together. That we plan housing, workforce housing specifically together, along with our roads and traffics and other issues. It's it's a regional. It's not just a city. We can't be in our city silo and have county in the county silo. We need everybody to be working together. Um, there's a concept that some um, that we used to have called two by twos, where we had two city council members and two board of supervisors that would work together on certain initiatives, certain issues, such as housing would be perfect. And that's when you that's when you can really work together and have and really work at the, the you know on a broader level. So I think that we need to all you know all come together at the table. What is your understanding of city council county cooperation at the moment? It's getting better, you know, um, but there's a lot of room for improvement. Several years ago, I was attending the homeless uh, town hall meetings because I was very concerned. I, I organize uh, a meal service at the table, which is a free meal program at the First Presbyterian Church on the second Tuesday of the month. I've been doing it for 10 years. Not all those folks are homeless, but many of them are. And um, I was seeing an increasing in numbers and in diversity, younger families. And anyways, and we know that homelessness has increased. So I was attending those forums, those town halls, and it's, they pared down to a smaller group. I asked the question to Juliana Inman, who endorsed me for her seat. I asked Juliana, I said, well, when do you, when do you meet with County Next? When's the next time you, you get together and you're going to talk about this? Because this is definitely a city-county issue, as many issues are. And she said, we don't talk. We don't get together. Now, in my world of community benefit and, and population health, we collaborate with everybody. I work for Queen of the Valley Hospital. Um, we have competitors. You know, Kaiser is a, is a big competitor. We work with, with Kaiser for the greater good uh, for community benefit to improve um, areas of poverty and housing and, and many, you know, many other areas too. So I was really baffled and shocked that our city and county, it shows you what I knew, um, didn't work together. Since then, I understand they're, they are starting to work closer together. And let me just say, after that meeting, I sent messages to every supervisor and every council member, and I said, please 
have this discussion. Please come together. So I'm, you know, I'm, I think it's really about bringing, um, bringing folks together, whether you agree on everything or don't. Um, I think diversity is great. I think challenging the status quo is great. And, um, you know, I encourage that. You talk a little bit about the diversity with respect to the city, and there are neighborhoods that are relatively close to each other that have very different socioeconomic makeups. How is that different from any other city? And if you've looked at this, have you looked at it in terms of what other cities are doing and what best practices might exist? We are. So as I say we, because I can't take credit for, you know, any singular item, I'm constantly learning and, and putting myself myself around people who are honestly smarter and have more experience than me in different areas. One of those is the Napa Housing Coalition. And um, I've been involved with the Housing Coalition for over a year. Um, maybe it's two years, I can't recall. And we're looking specifically at other destination cities. What are they doing? Which have limited resources, limited land. They have, um, you know, destination, meaning that they have hospitality is one of their driving industries, which is a low-paying industry. We have a second low-paying industry, which is agriculture. What are they doing to support their workforces, support the families and individuals who are living, who are working in that community so they can also live in that community? We had Steve Barwick, um, who's a city manager from Aspen, uh, son of Ed Barwick, and Mm -hmm. he's been a city manager there for 22 years. It was very informative. He said, honestly, he says, you know, we're, Aspen's probably, you know, 20 plus years ahead of Napa, but right now, 50% of their housing is affordable housing. It's, it's on a tiered level, one through seven. He's in affordable housing, mind you, and he's the highest paying city employee in Aspen. So, you know, looking at what they're doing, looking at what Truckee's doing. Uh, Truckee's requiring that all hotel developers um, are really, not just Truckee, but other areas too, are providing a certain amount of housing that's affordable for the workforce. Um, that equals to a percentage of the FTEs, the full-time employees. Let me, let me ask you this. Is it, is it your feeling that hotels or businesses should be doing that? Is it their responsibility to do that? I believe in community partnerships, um, and I have strong community partnerships that I've been working on professionally and personally. And I would say as a developer, housing, hotel, other business, um, I would say as a community partner, let's work together on the economy and on the needs of this community. So I would certainly say, you know, you want to come to Napa and benefit from Napa, also be part of the solution. Come, you know, let's, what can we do to work together on this? Why is it different than, than other cities where hotels go in? I mean, we can take San Francisco, for example. We can take a lot of other places that hotels go in and, and there isn't an obligation to build housing or even to think about housing. They, they build the hotels because that's the business they're in and the, and the market demands it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a mistake that we've all been making for a long time. I don't think we can do that anymore. I, when you know, once upon a time we can do that. But I think now with such with the housing crisis that we have Um, and hotels need workforce. They need good qualified people to be in their hotel. I've been a business owner. I was a business owner before I got into healthcare and it was in tourism, in hospitality. And I also worked in a hotel part-time when I was a single mom 
and um, three children and a son who was popular and in the sports and expensive. And I worked, you know, I worked, you know, two weekday nights after work and uh, Saturday Sundays um, at a concierge desk at one of our local inns. And I can tell you, in addition to my job, of course, I can tell you that the quality of Napa and what we say Napa as a brand is very important. That's important to the hotel owners. That's important to our, our, our restaurants, to all our, our tourism. So it's a win-win when we come together and we can say, how can we support those who want to live and work here and invest in this community and invest in what Napa is as a brand and really represent your company well. So I think, it, we, you know, right now it's required for us to come together and it needs to be the new expectation. And talk a little bit about how that happened. What do you, what would you like to see happen if you could wave a magic wand? Mm-hmm. What would you like to see the hotels do? What would you like to see the city do specifically with respect to housing? So in terms of the city, you know, we really need to look at our zoning opportunities. We need to look at the infills that, that where county owns, where city owns, see what we can do about those areas, whether we sell those areas, swap those areas between city and county, but really zone more of those infills for housing. Um, we can consolidate our courtyards. We know that. We, there's a Caltrans courtyard that takes a lot of space off of Jefferson Street. Is there something, I, mean, I don't know how easy that would be to ask them to find a new location, but it's in a prime area for residential housing. Um, so I think it's really, it's looking at our space, looking at what we have now, um, zoning appropriately, um, creating some policies that really support and require housing to be, a certain percentage of housing to be affordable. Um, you know, especially when it comes to folks who want to build hotels. We have more hotels than we have people to, to work in those hotels. And honestly, when you connect that back to the health and the well-being of that family and and their part in this community, we're really putting, um, we're really, it, it's, uh, we're walking a fine line there. How so? Well, because you're creating more poverty. If you don't provide housing, enough housing, we have less than 1% of rentals available. We're at 6 to 7% of housing at market rate. A healthy amount is, is 12. So, you know, if you're not creating, you know, the, uh, the infrastructure that supports families and our workforce for housing, a good education, and, and you know, safe roads, and then you're failing your, your, your community. But the reality is that we're never going to fulfill all the needs that there are, number one. And number two, it is not unusual for people to work one place and live someplace else. The highways every morning and every afternoon are filled with commuters, mm-hmm. whether they're commuting from Tracy to Silicon Valley or whether they're commuting from the East Bay into San Francisco or what have you. People commuting is not that, that odd a notion. I understand, but there's folks who are commuting that would prefer to live in Napa, honestly. So for those that want to live outside the area for different reasons, great. You know, thank you for coming to our community and contributing your talents, your gifts and talents. For those who really want to to live here and you're having a hard time being able to live here or you're recently evicted because your landlord is going to increase the rent because he sees the market value of that and that's his right to do that. Um, You know, I want to create more opportunity. We've got, we have great housing in the pipeline. Can we solve it all? You know, realistically we can't, but that said, I want us to think big. I want us to think big. I want us to shoot for the stars, see what we can do with folks who are visionaries, who 
um, you know, who, like, as you mentioned before, other cities that have established some good practices that proven to work and, you know, just really advocate for the, for the folks to be able to live and work here. Where do you stand relative to, you were talking about rents a moment ago on, on Proposition 10? That's a tough one. You know, I, I wish I, I wish there was, as, as I looked into it, um, I wish there was some way to stabilize rent for people here because I know it's real, it's doubled in the last eight years for folks. Um, and it's just, it's out of proportion to what people make in terms of making a living. Uh, they can't make a living and rent here unless they, they have a very, um, a charitable uh, landlord and, and they are out there. I do know we've got uh, folks here who own homes who are renting their homes and are keeping the rents at a rate because they've got a, they have a tenant that they like. Um, Prop 10 is a, is a struggle for me. I, I would like to see, um, the government step away from, um, implementing any rules around rent control and leave it up to the communities and in, in terms of the jurisdiction with community benefit, I, you know, it's dangerous to have a blanket policy for all regions for the entire state. I think it really needs to be left to the local jurisdiction for them to look at the needs of the community and work from there. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about just to change the subject for a moment. I don't want to come back to a couple of things on, on housing, but talk a little bit about something that I think is becoming a bigger and bigger issue, and that is the proposed Napa City Hall, the Civic Center, yeah. whatever you want to call it. What are your thoughts about where it stands today? Well, it's a very interesting place where it stands today with a new city manager in place. Um, we know that our former city manager had a vision, a big vision, um, that he didn't really, in my my um, my point of view, it wasn't a shared vision with the residents, with the community, until very until late. Um, I attended an early town hall on that at the city hall. Um, it was not well attended. Uh, there were some folks there, maybe 50 people in terms of all Napa residents. And um, really, it was really about the aesthetics of the building. It wasn't about the building itself, the location, the cost. Um, there were a lot of things not being offered to, for, to resident feedback. Um, as I've continued to look at this, I've listened to John Salmon's presentation. Um, I really have to commend him and thank him for really giving a, casting a greater vision, um, giving us something else to look at in terms of, of alternatives that might be really better for the residents for the city of Napa. So I'm hoping, I signed a letter that John drafted um, that just says, let's take a pause for a moment. Um, you know, this is a, this is a, big project. It's a $123 million plus, depending as construction continues to, um, costs continue to increase. And, you know, we don't know how long it's going to take. It's a big risk. It's a big gamble. The swing space, seven, $8 million right there. And having all those city employees displaced at one time, I, I'm honestly, I'm not comfortable with it. That said. What would you like to see instead? Well, I want to see, I do want to see a success. And um, with this, because we do need to bring our city departments together uh, for the efficiency of our city and for those who need to, you know, go to our city departments. That's that's just the right thing to do. We know we need a new police department. Uh, my dad worked in that police department. I toured through it. It hasn't changed a lot. They need a new police department. And they're, they're way out of capacity, uh, way beyond capacity there. And, you know, the fire station, 
you know, our, our fire, our firemen and women, they like fire station one. Um, they would rather not move, honestly. And this whole project, um, does make all city employees, um, nervous. I would like to see, um, I'd like us to look at the downtown plan specific. I would look at like to look at some other areas of really, I don't think we need to combine our police department and our city hall together with our city services. I think those can stay separate. I do believe our city hall, it's appropriate for that to be in downtown Napa. And I want it to be something that we can all be proud of for, you know, for the next hundred years. Um, so just looking at this downtown in general, the downtown plan in general, looking at this, the spaces where it makes the most sense to have our police department, if we need to relocate and expand uh, fire station one, then to do that and the best place to put city hall. Um, so I, I, get, I think that's really, it. just, let's take another look. And I know there's been many years invested and in dollars. I'm, I, you know, I want to, um, be careful that we don't. Uh, damaged the relationship with plenary. I like plenary. I met them on a couple of times on a one-one basis. They're a great um, selection. Um, so continue that. But they're also they're also there to help us, you know, build and design. Um, and so I say let's just keep this going and keep the conversation open. Um, slow down a bit. Let Steve Potter. I like to see what he has to say. I haven't had a chance to sit down with Steve since he's um, been city manager, to see what his vision is and what he thinks. But you don't have a specific vision of what you would like to see. Well, not specific. Um, again, I would say, you know, I'm open to looking at it. Um, city Hall downtown, police department centrally located, fire department moved or not moved, um, and the city hall with the central ser seven departments and central services, I like to see um, downtown. I don't think it needs to be done at once. I would rather have it done over time um, so we don't have a huge swing space. And really looking at those areas for housing. That's the other thing. Honestly, we need housing more than... I don't know if we need housing more than a police department. That's that's a toss-up. We need a new police department, and we need city housing. We have a lot of needs. We have a lot of work. We have a lot of needs. And um, and I'm open to looking at, you know, the best plans. Talk a little bit about downtown. You've seen it, as you talked about at the very beginning, you've seen it change a lot in yes. your time in Napa. What do you think of it today, and how do you think the city council over the years has managed that, and what might you have done differently? I'm excited about downtown Napa. Um, I do, you know, I understand um, family and friends and a lot of residents feel like they've lost Napa in downtown. We do have, um, you know, I'd like to continue to support the small business owners. That's been hard for people. Uh, my sister had a business in downtown Napa, and before it really um, kind of revitalized to where it's at now, um, she lost her business there, along with many other small business owners. So if there's a way city council, can we can support the small business owners, whether it be small eatery, eateries um, or boutiques. I think that's think that's a win-win for our residents and honestly for people but how, who are visiting what, what Napa. What role does the city have in doing that? That's something that the market will dictate and mm -hmm. things that have been happening to retail, whether it's giant box retailers or whether it's little boutiques, they've been suffering everywhere. Well, I'd like to see more. You, in terms of what the city council can do, it's city, you know, the planning commission and council can approve or not approve certain certain projects. 
um, you know, we recently approved Costco in, in South Napa. So they felt like that was a need. Um, I'm glad it's in the southern portion of Napa, not in downtown Napa. So I think that's what really where city council can, can step up. Anything we can do to help with, you know, alleviate any permit fees, um, just alleviate the financial burden. So um, it's easier for somebody who lives in Napa, a small business owner, to be able to sustain their business and offer it. Again, I think it's a win-win for our residents and for our, the, our destination as a city. What would you like to see in downtown Napa that isn't there now? Well, I'm really excited about Todd Zapolsky's um, center being completely filled and generating, um, you know, volume of people walking through residents and visitors. Um, I, I really enjoy how the Archer has been able to bring, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a that was a big project and yet they were able to take a little bit of old Napa, the mosaic tiles from the, the old Merrill stores and the Gordon building um, and, and put and you know, have that part of it. So there's a, a little bit of that connection to past. Um, I just, you know, honestly, I want, um, I think it would just be great to continue to fill spots for people of, for people to dine at all different income levels. Um, we definitely need, um, I think we need more shopping. I, I don't know what's going to happen to the future of Kohl's, um, but we need some affordable shopping. But it is a destination um, for folks, but I want it to be a destination for everybody. Talk a little bit about the fact that there are two Hispanic candidates running for city council right now, and there's been a lot of people who said that it's, it's long overdue, particularly since Alfredo left for one of those candidates to be elected, that there should be Hispanic representation on the city council. What are your thoughts about that? Well, I think diversity um, is really important. I think we want to have all points of view on city council. Um, you know, just as I, I was um, drawn to step up after the Women's March, um, I'm a woman and I'm running for Napa City Council and I'm from Napa, but that's not enough for me to gain a vote. I need, I want people to vote for me because I bring something that is, that is ready to bring, that brings value to the decisions being made on council. And so I think, you know, for, you know, regardless of your background, I mean, I want to see diversity um, and I like both these candidates. Um, but I, I think whether you're a woman or you're Latino, that we all need to be really prepared for this job. It's very important. It's a very critical time. And uh, so, you know, I just, I just say, you know, let's, uh, let's move forward. If, if I'm so fortunate to be on city council, I want to see more diversity on our commissions, on our boards, on our committees um, for city and county. And I would c continue to encourage that. Um, and ask for that and drop, ask people to apply. What do you think best prepares you for the job? That's a really good question. You know, um, humbly, you know, I ask for, for the voters' support, for their vote. Um, I would say that it would be, for me, it's really bringing my personal experience and my professional experience, along with my generational perspective. It's a, it's a, it, it, I think it, it throws, it's a wide cast of, um, of perspectives that I can bring forward and experiences. I've, uh, you know, from being a business owner to working in healthcare 
and really the population health and community health and bringing that to the forefront of city council and city planning and policy. Um, I really like to see it there, and I, and I want to be the one to bring it. How do you think those things can be incorporated into city policy? Again, as we talked about before, those mm-hmm. are generally things that fall under the rubric of health and human services for the county. How specifically could you see the city incorporating those values into its decision-making process? Well, we're all one community, and um, I would invite folks from the county to be more part of the process here in the city planning, and for city to be more part of the process of the county plan. County's working on their plan right now. Um, back when Dr. Karen Smith was our public health officer, she developed Living Healthy Napa County. That includes the cities within the county. So really working together from that perspective is really what we need to do. I feel very strongly about that. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about what you think the council has done wrong, bad decisions that you think the council has made in the past several years. Well, what have they done wrong? Uh, You know, I, I respect our council members. It's a hard job, and they know more about the issues being presented to them than I would because I'm not in the back room. I'm not reading all the reports that they receive, so I don't want to cast any judgment. Um, you know, I'm hoping that in the future um, that we can move more expeditiously. Um, maybe that's naive of me, but I'm really hoping that we can we can move forward more quickly with, um, you know, with housing, for instance, and with our with our roads. We have a 10 mile a year road program mm-hmm. that is not sufficient. Um, I was at something a couple nights ago. Um, the city invited candidates to attend kind of an orientation and meet the directors and hear from each director. And they only had 10 minutes. So it was a very brief, brief overview. Um, but as we came along with roads and when they talked about the 10 mile a year program, which has been something that I was a former, I was on the park and rec commission. So I was familiar with that because that was under our jurisdiction at that time. I've always thought it's not enough. And, you know, we have 140 miles of road in Napa. So if we do 10 miles a year, every 14 years, supposedly we will catch up. We will never catch up. You know, I've, you know, I hear this all the time um, from residents, from my own perspective, we need more than 10 miles a year. And that's, again, that, that connects with, you know, can people cycle? Can they cycle to work? Can they cycle for their health? Can they walk? Can they drive safely? Um, when I w- was on a ride along with our firefighters, um, they have learned to kind of dodge all the potholes and all the breaks in the road because it wears on their engines and it wears on their bodies. So again, connecting, you know, how health and the well-being of an individual along with the city policies of increasing our road program, increasing, you know, our housing, whether we, you know, increasing and including bringing back an inclusionary um, housing inclusionary ordinance, you know, requiring hotel owners and housing developers to have a certain percentage of affordable housing and mixed-use housing. That's, that all connects to what the county is doing for Living Healthy Napa County, where, what I bring in terms of population health, and the city and city plan and policy. Talk a little bit. You mentioned one of the things that motivated you was, was getting involved in the Women's March a couple of years ago, a year and a half ago. The way in which you see that the tenor of the times, national politics, the mood of the country, all those things that are part and parcel to sort of everyday politics for most people, the way in which they have have or haven't, in your view, filtered down into life in Napa? That's a great question. Um, you know, I'm going to try to 
it's, I let me just, I'll share it this way. Two weeks ago, I was with uh, New Tech High students. They are very depressed. They are overwhelmed. They, it's, as they see national politics, it's, it's doom and gloom. They, um, they don't feel like there's a lot of hope for the future, for the nation, um, because of, of everything that's coming through news and social media. Um, I think that we need to keep that in perspective. You know, you and I, we've been here, you know, we've seen the different presidents. Um, you know, I, my first president was actually, um, president Nixon when it really came to like, Oh, president Nixon and then president Ford and, and, you know, Carter and so on. Um, you know, so this is new for these kids and it's overwhelming and it's daunting and it's, they're confused and, um, it doesn't give them a lot of hope. So I say that because I, I think that that is, um, our news does put a negative cast on our nation in terms of politics. Um, we need to keep the hope. We need to help and vote where we can. What I told those students is your voice and your vote matters. It matters. It's so important that they are the generation that can really be the change and the hope for the future. And though they think that they're one, um, isn't going to make a difference. Their collective of all their ones will. So, um, I just, you know, it was, a, it was a great interaction and, and, um, you know, that's how I see it. You know, I, I think that, um, on a local level, we all need to come together as much as we can. I know our families are overwhelmed and underwhelmed with the news across the nation. That said, when we can, where we can, wherever you can, whether it's your kids, uh, sport or their classroom, wherever you can contribute to the community. Um, and, um, you know, just, I just wish our families well. I know it's all, sometimes it's all they can do is just keep a roof over their head. Uh, we have 40% of our families in Napa County that don't live as, at a self-sufficiency level. Over 50% of our students uh, receive a free or subsidized lunch program. 70,000, you know, folks in Napa County are rent burdened. We are facing some hard economic times for the working class who are really have slipped down to the middle class for some time. And it's hard for us to ask for help. It's, it, it takes some humility, but we're all in this together. Um, help where you can please get engaged in the process by voting. Um, and, um, and this is a very important race. Whoever is so fortunate to be elected into city council in the next, well, it's 58 days right now from this recording. Um, you know, it's, they're going to have a great influence on the future of Napa. I'm going to be there whether I'm on council or not. I'll be there advocating for this community. Um, we have a gem of a city, a beautiful valley, incredible people. I'm so proud of that really step up when we're in crisis, whether it's back in the floods, um, you know, our earthquakes, our fires, our, our residents stand up. That's Napa. That's Napa. So we need to work hard for you, and I want to work hard for you, and please um, just uh, get out there and vote. And finally, speaking of voting, you, like everybody else, get two votes. So you get to vote for yourself and somebody else. And I will keep that a secret. You know, we've got, we have great candidates. Honestly, it's hard. It's hard to decide. You know, it's, you know, who's going to be, who will be, um, who are the two, who would be the most qualified and the most needed to create balance on city council. 
um, that's a very, I, I feel for people I'm knocking on doors and they're asking me that same question and been on some, uh, a few folks in terms of the interviews with folks such as yourself. And, uh, I'm going to keep that to myself, but I just want everybody to make informed votes. Please take a moment, be informed and see who will best represent you. And I hope I'm, I hope I can represent the folks of Napa. Liz Alessio, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to NapaBroadcasting.com.